Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Why are you from Hartlepool, Big Show? I don't know, it's just a funnier accent. Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people's show. Come on to the premiere show, Smackdown. It's the 16th of March in the year of our Lord 2000. Madonna's cover of American Pie. It's top of the charts for its first and only week. I don't know what the original is about, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't that. Uh, Toy Story 2 is still number one in the charts and in our hearts. Isn't that right, Tom? Mm-hmm. For the 15th week in a row. When somebody loved me. Everything was wonderful. <laughs> That's quite a, quite a downbeat start to the podcast. I hadn't really thought that. Yeah, that there we go. Yeah, keep them getting revved up. <laughs> Welcome in, everybody. When somebody loved me. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. I can't believe I have to go to work on a Saturday morning. Uh, all the kids were playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, Yellow! which came out. It came out a few weeks ago, but sod all good. It's out this week, so I thought I'll go back to that. Tony so, Hawk's is amazing. Uh, it certainly is, and it's even more amazing if you're a band like uh, Goldfinger, <laughs> who's trying to get any leeway in the UK, and suddenly this game comes out, and everyone wants that one song to be played. Uh, in TV news, ITV will scrap its afternoon showing of Home and Away from the 27th of March, after losing the soap to Channel 5. But I didn't realise this. They will continue to air it in the early evening slot. Oh. So Home and Away was on two shows. So two shows. Two channels for a brief period. Oh. So that's... Anyway, sure that's uh, it must have been like song. a rights thing. So there was obviously a bit of an overlap. Maybe, yeah, because it was shown twice a day, like Neighbours, uh, for the unemployed. And then the employed could enjoy it as well. Uh, Chris Evans sells his Ginger Media Group to SMG for £225 million. Oh. The sale made Evans the highest paid entertainer in the UK in 2000, estimated by the Sunday Times Rich List to have been paid around £35.5 million of that. And in 2020, I hope he kept most of it. <laughs> well, he went to Virgin Radio, didn't he? And, he just, and they paid him an, exor- an extortionate amount of money. And within a quarter, he put a million, a million listeners on Virgin Radio. So he's, there's proof in there's proof in the ginger pudding. Mm, ginger pudding. But that's all the things happening in the UK. What was happening in that little country known as America? Capital M. Uh, there was only one thing happening, and it was, of course, the World Wrestling Federation's SmackDown brand. <laughs> that is the only thing happening. That's right. According to my notes, and I have done an extensive Ask Jeeves for this, uh, there was only SmackDown. That's all anybody watches or remembers. Sometimes they make time for Monday Night Raw. And if absolutely desperate, 
Sunday night heat. <laughs> but what happened on this particular episode? Is it still on the air? What's about that three-way at WrestleMania 2000? Don't worry. All the answers to these questions and more can only be found here at the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown Review. Talking bollocks yourself with Mafu and his lovely, lovely friend, Tom Campbell. How you doing, Tom? I am doing wonderful, thank you, matey. Last night on the Cultaholic Twitch stream, you were with me um, emotionally because on the Twitch stream last night, I started playing WWF No Mercy for the N64. And we started the road to WrestleMania for the British Bulldog. Because I feel like if anybody needs a a real, a true redemption story in professional wrestling right now, it's Davey Boy Smith. (laughs) That man needs redeeming. So uh, check back with us probably next Monday. We'll do a bit more No Mercy on the the old twitch.tv slash cultaholic. I still don't get Twitch. I don't know whether you do, (laughs) Math. I'm trying my not best, really. but not I just, I, it just feels like, it, it just feels all like chicken scratch when I read up about like the, 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 the minutiae of, of terminology within Twitch and stuff that I don't know about, about how you, 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 you don't give money so much. You give like dings or bells or something like that. I feel, feel so old when I talk about Twitch. I really want to crack it, but I'm really struggling <laughs> How are you doing, more importantly, mate? I'm doing good. Today's the first day in a few days I've woke up happy, uh, probably because I have some direction. You know, we let him sleep in. Talking to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Oh, Write that one down, Tom. Still got it. Still got it. That's it. So, yeah, it's... Uh, the outside world is hell. So I try and concentrate on my inside world, uh, which right now is my bedroom my kitchen and the uh, bathroom and they're pretty clean <laughs> i look at that as a win that's not i say it's it sometimes with with a lot going on in the world right now or and, and the comparative a little going on in the world right now it's easy for it to become a, a a productivity contest when really that's not the case i i i've had days where you you see people online starting businesses whilst in lockdown and you feel like a bit of a failure because you're not mm. doing this and this and this and this. But really, it's not about that. It's about just getting through some days, you know? Just about doing stuff that makes you happy until the world gets back to normal. Yeah, exactly. We're just supposed to be coping. Yeah, and that's okay sometimes. He, okay, here's a, here's a, here's a, bit, of a, a, bit, of men, a bit of mental floss to wrap your teeth around, okay? Some days, you are allowed to just exist. And that's okay. Yes. Just some days you are allowed to just be. And that's enough. The fact that you are there and you are listening to this and you are just being, that's enough. Well said. And I think that was punctuated by the noise of a car driving past. That was well. somebody breaking curfew. I don't know where you're going. Shouldn't be out. I know your dad. I've got the window open because it's too, it's too stiflingly warm in the northeast of England. You've given us an overlay of everything going on in the real world right now. Would you like to know, before we get into the rigours of this week's episode of Smackdown, what is going on in the wrestling world? God, yes. <laughs> Let's do a thing. So, big news from the television world. WWF is leaving the USA Network. They gave their notice 
on the 1st of this month. It has been revealed in this particular week's Wrestling Observer newsletter that WWF is cancelling its contract effective of September. There goes the train when the new TV season starts. It isn't necessarily as big as it sounds, but most feel it is actually a bigger deal. This is, The WWF has been with the USA Network for the longest time, and this feels like a massive, um, to, to use a phrase that is far too overused these days, a paradigm shift potentially for professional wrestling. Do you remember? Now, now this didn't really affect us living in the UK, did it, Math? No. <laughs> But we were very aware of the of the implications of uh, WWF moving to a different TV channel. And I know for a fact that ECW were, because one of those companies that was in talks to take WWF programming was TNN, the, the channel that currently mm. aired ECW, who reassured ECW that if there was anything to happen with the WWF, it wouldn't affect their deal. <laughs> uh-huh. As he said uh, before, maniacally laughing and shaking his wrists. Mm. <laughs> now, what I like about this time is there was... The, the, it created some, some really good TV for ECW, Did this dis- dissension with TNN. You, do you remember some of the highlights of ECW during the end of their run on TNN? I can't think of any highlights from the beginning of their run on TNN, quite <laughs> frankly. They had the one good Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn match at the arena, uh, which is a lost classic, which Jerry Lynn should have won. Uh, I mean, he should have won most of the matches with RVD, but he didn't. But what do I know? And yeah, it, it would take a long time to go through all the issues with it. But simply put, I'll try and do it as simple as possible, not too long and boring. ECW really couldn't fit in with the whole build up to something and blow it off aspect that WWF and WCW were doing at the time where you go, oh, I can't wait to see this match. I'll tune in to see that pay-per-view. ECW would have, was running week to week. So some of the episodes of TV would be great. Some of the house shows would be amazing. And then some of the pay-per-views would be bum fluff. So they just really couldn't get their heads around uh, and changing their style of wrestling and the booking and the shows they had to fit that criteria that people were expecting that period. So chances are, if you tuned in to see ECW and TNN, you get a dull show and wonder what all the fuss was about. It's a weird one because that style of TV seems the most obvious, unless it's just so ingrained in me to believe that's how you book t- book wrestling to go. And I, and I, I, we see it more now, but I'm sure there was a period where it wasn't so much, where the pay-per-views became a bit of an afterthought. But I like the idea of going, right, we've now got four weeks, five weeks to build to this show. So let's make sure that we get as... Let's let's get the matches that we want planned out and then let's work backwards from there. I love that idea of booking. So ECW was very much, as you say, week to week, sort of living hand to mouth almost in terms of the way that it was booked. Um, what it, had, it has been a big week for ECW because this past Sunday... They presented Living Dangerously 2000. Oh, God, was that this? Oh, all right, cool. Oh, now, yes, there is, there is um, a, cu- a couple of highlights from this particular show. Uh, without running down the entire card, it was the night that Super Crazy became the ECW television champion. Uh, it was, mm-hmm. don't, don't forget that recently Super Crazy uh, was part of the reason for Sabu falling out with ECW because Sabu didn't want to put Super Crazy over. 
mm-hmm. but there's obviously a lot of plans for Super Crazy. Uh, we also had on this particular night Dusty Rhodes and Steve Carino in a Texas bull rope match. Dusty Rhodes in ECW, Matthew. Do you remember this? Yes. Yeah. Very odd period for wrestling. But the most talked about point of this particular pay-per-view was a match involving New Jack and Vic Grimes. Do you recall what happened at this pay-per-view, Matthew, New Jack it's and pretty Vic much Grimes? The, sorry to interrupt you. It's pretty much the only thing I remember about this show when you say the words Living Dangerously 2000. Uh, yes. Balls Mahoney fought Kentaro Kenmura all the way from FMW in a match that went 1 minute 58 seconds. <laughs> Definitely worth the trip there, Kenmura. And then this led to the the Baldy showing up, and then New Jack would come out. And New Jack said many things about this, uh, some of which I imagine happened in reality, as <laughs> New Jack lives somewhere between what he wants the world to see him as and what actually happened, and somewhere in the middle is a big line of cocaine. Uh, New Jack has said in many interviews that he blames Vic Grimes for what happened there, but also admits in many other interviews that they didn't know what they were going to do he just said, trust me, trust me, Grimes, trust me. Even when Vic was going, uh, Jack, I'm scared, Jack, I'm scared. It's like, it's all right, on three, we'll go. <laughs> and if you've seen the incident, I dare you to try and figure out what the hell they were going for. <laughs> it's an insane moment in wrestling. And it, I know some people say this, so it's lost a lot of its allure. But genuinely, uh, somebody could have easily died here. Uh, they both go over some made-up little scaffolding. They aim themselves towards a table, but they're both in a stationary position. Stationary, I mean vertical position. So they both go off at the same time. Grimes decides balls. I'll just do a one eighty and does the swanton thing. Jack just falls backwards. They both land on concrete, and Grimes lands on New Jack. And it's horrible. It's not no. Whoa, that was amazing. It was like a oh god, oh god moment uh new jack had to be taken out according to him he doesn't have vision in one eye because of it he had a brain bleed and some other horrible things happened to him uh grimes apparently was relatively okay because you know landed on new jack and the show went off the air about 20 minutes early or so because they had to just you know rush to something else after this and yes that is what we know about that and then this just to go ahead of it then leads to and again, if you can't see me right now, I'm uh, winking slightly. New Jack getting his, as he calls it, revenge at XPW Freefall, the highest scaffold in wrestling history at that point. And he still insists to this day, even on the HBO special, not HBO, uh, Vice special they did, Dark Side of the Ring, that he was trying to kill Vic Grimes when he threw him off and still insists that he legitimately attacked him with a genuine, uh, what do they call those things, electro prod. Genuinely was trying. He says he was genuinely uh, trying to kill him. Yeah, he, when he threw him off, when he hit him with the, I've got the term of it. Sorry, um, he threw him off the a scaffold. He was, yeah, but not that. What the police use? A taser. Yeah, there we go. A taser. Tasered him on the scaffold legitimately. Which am I? Uh, right. Okay. Not sure if that's right or not. And then he picks him up, and then he throws him as hard as he could and because Grimes rope, uh, legs landed on the ropes and he bounced um, he was actually relatively okay he was resting in two weeks time so which is amazing uh, my personal opinion is New Jack has forgotten what reality is and that he just overshot him uh, it, it helps 
New Jack's image, after all this time, that Grimes still doesn't do interviews about this. <laughs> in, um, in a battle of who will break kayfabe first in an argument, who would win? New Jack or Arn Anderson? <laughs> who would crack first? Hey, to quote Arn Anderson, it says Marquee on the wrestling. <laughs> Away from uh, ECW, uh, WCW are on their Millennium Tour at the moment. And they are all over Europe and the United Kingdom. Just a couple of days before this, they had uh, a, a series of shows in the UK. The, the show in London wasn't too bad, the 11th of March. Uh, Smiley and Brian Nobbs in there, Bigelow and the Wall, Duggan and Finley for the TV title. Uh, we had Vampiro and Jarrett for the US title. Vampiro massively over in London, apparently. Uh, Booker T and Kurt Hennig teaming up against Team Package in the main event. Nice reaction. Big gate for the Millennium Tour in London. Manchester turns around day after. Um, not so much. Uh, how what a difference a day makes. This was quite an infamous show, and I'm going to quote from Dave Meltzer and the Wrestling Observer about what went down during the WCW Millennium Tour show in Manchester. Uh, a hugely disappointing main event, headlined by local boxer Steve the Viking Foster, working as an out working outside the ring as a second ref for the Marmalukes tag title defense against the Harris Twins. Now, before we go any further, I would like to emphasize this isn't uh, a, a, a misnomer or hyperbole from Dave Meltzer, as the Marmalukes versus the Harris Twins was the literal main event of this show. If you're a WCW fan, congratulations, you've paid to see a show headlined by the Marmalukes versus the Harris Twins. On to the match. The match has no heat and lots of missed spots, with fans filing out as it was going on. Ron Harris actually grabbed the house mic and ripped on the fans for not caring about the match. <laughs> Reports were that the match was terrible. Uh, Foster, who's about 168 pounds today, a local level boxer who in 1997 once challenged for the WBO light middleweight title, used a right hook to floor Ron Harris and fast counted the pin after the ref was bumped. Foster, we're told, wasn't a big enough name to actually help sell tickets. And most of the fans in attendance didn't even know who he was. So well done, WCW. Nailed it. <laughs> I've got to ask again. Can you say that name again? It was um, Steve the Viking Foster. Yeah, I've absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Surely you know Steve the Viking Foster. We all know Steve the Viking Foster. Oof. Well, he's got he's got a wiki page, so we can't be too mad. Plus, he's a he's a, he's, he? a bo he's a boxer, so he, he might he might kill us. Uh, oh. <laughs> he's no Ronnie Pickering, admittedly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he he's he was very much he was a boxer from Salford, and I wonder whether the whether he just has really good agents. Who just sold WCW this this <laughs> this hyperbole of oh yeah yeah mate yeah get get Steve Foster on your show everyone loves him round here it feels like it feels like a great PR move I feel like I feel like an agent got a lot of money from this and the fans got very sad I remember reading about this particular show in Power Slam I remember thinking that sounds so bad like it was just the Harris Twins and the Marmalukes as your main event it was. It's pretty dreadful. Did you ever go to a live WCW show, Matt? No, 
but I do remember the World of Wrestling Magazine's letters page about this, and it was as negative as you said. It was dedicated just to angry letters. Maybe in a two-page special, I'm only going from memory here. And it was, yeah, still remember how negative the response was from people because they had advertised those big names. They had used the Bret, maybe not Bret Hart, uh, the Kevin Nashes, the Goldbergs and Hogans and whatever, whoever's under contract at the time, who was headlining on the posters, on the, the artwork. And they just didn't show up. Uh, I think one of them said something on the lines of one of the shows, Bret Hart stuck his head out from the backstage curtain, looked around, and then went back in, and that was his sole appearance for the night. <laughs> oh, my God. And to rub salt in the wound, the first UK tour they did this year in 2000, they come again later on, they did some of the best numbers in terms of attendance that they would do all year. It so. was they made so much. It's like this with a lot of wrestling companies in America. They always sort of guarantee on the the, the the pound and the euro, don't they? Because whenever they come to town, they always seem to do well. Like WWE always seems to do well when it when it's at the uh, the arena up here or wherever it's in Manchester. It's always a good turnout because it just doesn't come around very often. And and uh, with the exception, I think I think the worst the worst. There's only one bad attended wrestling show I've ever been to, and it wasn't even a WWE show in Newcastle. So. We can we can let the WWE offer that one. You were at yeah. the five star show, weren't you? Oh yes, I was. <laughs> just you, mate. Just you. <laughs> just yes. you. Yes. <laughs> God, it might as well have been. I mean, bloody hell, uh, <laughs> that arena, a, a great crowd for the O2 Academy or Northumbria Uni. <laughs> yeah. At th- that crowd at the arena, you know, it looked like. Well, I've said many times before, my favourite insults from the thick of it, it looked like a pedophile's funeral. (laughs) (laughs) And it's on that bombshell that we we now wrap up our the week look of wrestling and we go over to Matthew Gregg, who is going to talk us through this week's episode of Smackdown. Can we not talk about five star for a bit? Uh, oh, we can, yeah. Do you know uh, what? We can do a whole. I, no, I no, no, no. One day we'll just, be, we'll just do a five star, five star wrestling thing. review. We'll just review all their TV oh. shows. That's right. All five of them. We'll get HT Drake on for at least one of them. You'll be up for that. <laughs> oh, we'll get Ross. Ross and Ross, and he'll come to my door. Like, just eat. <laughs> just to do that. <laughs> Amazing. Anywho, before Monday Night Raw, Eve, sorry, uh, the Monday Night Raw recap even truly begins, we have something to talk about here. Because the episode starts off, not sure if you noticed this, I know you're a fan of your retro gaming. The very first thing you hear in this episode, the Raw recap, is the noise of the, the doors opening in Doom. Yes! Wow. It so, is, I don't know if you're a fan of watching this on network, it's that sound effect. It's an iconic sound effect. I don't know how that ended up on this show. I really don't. I assume that the Doom sound effect is, like, royalty-free if they're going to use it, and it's still available on the network. Yeah. That or John Romero's making a pretty penny. <laughs> John Romero's getting a little backhander from the WWF. Someone asked John Romero one time, what do you think of WWF Smackdown? He said, let's just say it moved me to a bigger house. <laughs> I said the loud bit quiet and the quiet bit loud. And speaking of big houses, someone who lives in a big house is the Big Show. Because <laughs> he's big. 
That's right. That's that's how this works. <laughs> it's like the opposite to the Shire in Lord of the Rings. I bought the biggest house that I could afford. <laughs> he he head puts the door frame for the thirtieth time that day, and he goes, <laughs> "That's two Simpsons references in thirty seconds. We should be proud of ourselves for that, mate." Pew pew. <laughs> so the big show. Stephanie and Triple H Connection come out. That's too many words, so I'm going to call them the Big Steph Connection. <laughs> Say they're going to humiliate The Rock and introduce his opponents for WrestleMania, the Twin Towers, and some dwarfs come out. Hey, it's still technically the Attitude Era. Take a shot. One of their favourite tropes. That wasn't Mae Young's vagina. Uh, the Rock is fine with the handicap matches and the table matches, but The Rock draws the line at embarrassment. Somewhere the Twin Towers are crying. <laughs> if The Rock beats Big Show tonight, he goes to WrestleMania. But if Big Show beats Rock, ah, what the hell. The Rock will make like Foley, and The Rock will leave WWF tonight. Uh, and they're like, I, I mate, can he? Fine. <laughs> that was exactly what Triple H said. I mate, can he? Aye. That'll be can he, uh... Why I, Rock? <laughs> Why I, Pat? <laughs> You'll be down the road, Pat. You'll be gunning doon toon. You'll be gunning to the duel. <laughs> Big show. Gun Raj on Rock later. <laughs> we'll no, gun Mania. I'll gun Mania after me tea of a ham and peas pudding. <laughs> Why are you from Hartlepool, Big Show? I don't know, it's just a funnier accent. I don't know, like. I don't I know. Don't know. I'm, from I'm just. I'm a Jody, but I have Pritched and Stubbiner. Is that Puppet Jack? Oh, it is, yeah, that's why I keep on doing that accent. Puppet Jack's oh. made an appearance. I haven't seen Puppet Jack in a month. Oh, he let you left him there. You yeah, he left him in the office. And I've seen the state of the office. I'm gonna go in. He's gonna be next to a big pile of mold. I'll come back. He look like Silent Hill. He's gonna have his. He's gonna have his, like a hole in his eye with a rat crawling through it. Exactly. He's like, I waited for you, Matthew. I'm like, no, Papa Jack. How Why'd you hit me, Dad? Out? Why'd you hit me? No, son. Father, give me legs. <laughs> I'll rebuild him. He'll be better than he was. <laughs> Please welcome a uh, robot Jack. <laughs> Father, I can go through time. <laughs> I rather like this stupid podcast. Anyway, the main event set up on Raw. Jesus, <laughs> this is all that this is all the podcast is now. We haven't even started yet. Puppet Jack rolling through time. The re- the referee still getting us to touch gloves, and we're talking about puppet ro- robot John, Jack. John, can you do the front oh, cover of the God. Quantum Leap VHS, but with Puppet Jack and Matthew? Me key take the- oh, Probably got that at home. It's my leap back home. <laughs> Where's home? Stockton. <laughs> <laughs> it's the wrong versus the big show. And The Rock's like, ah, oh, I can take on Big Show, that's all right. But then, da-da-da, Shane's the guest referee. And as JR says it, oh no, The Rock has been shafted again. <laughs> Shafter McNasty. Shafter McNasty. <laughs> the one show The Rock will not be appearing on, UPN this week. And so show's definitely going to win. Oh wait, it's The Rock. 
so he's able to avoid the fast counts. Shane gets accidentally knocked down. Hebner runs in the count one, two, three, but Shane recovers and takes out the rock with a chair. Oh, looks like the rock's gone. But wait, Vince McMahon returns to TV. He KOs Triple H with one punch. <laughs> of course he does. And then chair, so chair shots Shane, obviously saving the chair shot for the one who matters, uh, puts on the referee's shirt and counts the pin on show. I'm knackered already from that <laughs> recap. What could get me up again? Oh, I know. Widdy woo, widdy wee, widdy woo, widdy wee. And I'm Every back. time I watch SmackDown now, I have the volume off at the beginning just so in my head I can play Widdy woo, widdy wee, widdy woo, <laughs> And we're in Long Island, New York. Val Venus's favourite pun. <laughs> it's really Long Island when you're around, Linda. <laughs> because it's an island. What does that mean, Val? It means you float. Like you will when I've had me way with you. And here's Show and Shane. Why is everybody, Geordie? It's just easy. Yari, ladies. <laughs> I can see Geordie Venus working very well. You're an awesome at ladies. Big Valborski is a bit like a pint of New Ebrun. Guns oh, down like... easy after the footy on a Saturday. <laughs> if the lady wants a baby, I'm the cock of the north. Someone oh, came no, up to it's, us. It's Gangrel. It's come to God's blood on us. Yari, well. Yeah, come to join my brood. <laughs> my wife left us. Some guy called Val Venus. Val Venus? It rhymes with knob. Oh, I get it. <laughs> I get the joke now. Let's get, let's get that like. It's got that joke. Val Venus is there doing a stand up at the well, the stand going, This woman uh, came up to me for it with a cigarette and says, Have you got a match? And I said, Not since Errol Flynn died. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan Petty's off stage going, You're shit, man! Let your old pal Stefan have a go. I think we're going to draw lower numbers than WCW at this point with this podcast. This is the highest we've ever drawn in one particular region. Yes. If you're there, just point out the inaccuracies and the accents. So we'll move on. I'm not even from the northeast. I should. But you get it, though. You get. You know, you're good, so we'll let you stay. Thanks, mate. Anyway, his big show and Shane, big show's outfit this week. Is a cut-off shirt and jazzy jeans. <laughs> Business up front, party round backer. Shane Muck Exposition recaps the recap. So I take this time to check my DMs on Twitter. Oh, it's good. Uh, Shane has to stop multiple times because the Rocky chants are deafening from the Long Island crowd. Shane talks and says it's now a three-way match at WrestleMania between Triple H, Big Show and The Rock. Big Joe tries talking, but the crowd chants asshole so loud <laughs> that Triple H comes out. Aye, that'll quiet him. <laughs> Triple H and Big Show nearly come to blows for the third week in a row, and no one can hear him over the Rocky chants. And I think they actually tried to edit around them at one point, but to no avail, they're that loud. Triple H agrees the triple threat match because he knows Big Show can't beat him. And he's not even going to try. So, Rocky, you could take your 33 and a third chance 
Oh no, wait, I can't do the rest. There's the crowd of tubes you chat and she's got herpes. <laughs> they nearly fight yet again, and Vinnie Mac is here, and the crowd loves him. And Vinnie says watching these two got it is like a bad soap opera. Oof, hey, you said it, Vince. Why don't you guys get booked on the Jerry Springer show, he says. He's only two years behind that reference. Do you know what's bad, and, though, is the fact that there's that reference felt dated on this, on this episode right? of SmackDown. <laughs> on Raw last night, during the, at the time of recording, during the Bobby Lashley MVP Lana segment, the crowd are chanting, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> no, they were chanting for the former light heavyweight champion, Jerry Lynn. Oh, that's what it is, Jerry Lynn who is probably 52 years old now. <laughs> and Jerry Lawler gets a good line here. He goes, never mind Jerry Springer. How about the young and the useless? <laughs> I thought that was a good joke. And that was the last good line he uh, ever Vince... gets. <laughs> oh, yeah, never mind. Yeah. Go back to sleep, Jerry. Vince moans some more, and he uses the Yiddish word kvetching, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, moaning and going on about stuff. Vince thinks, hmm, well... If Shane's in Big Show's corner and Steph's in Triple H's corner, then Vince will be in Rock's corner. Now, that's good for business, he says. And I always wondered how they got to uh, Vince being in Rock's corner because they're not really there. But that makes some sense right now, and I'm sure nothing will come of it. And so tonight, because they all have power, don't think about it too much, Shane books Rock versus Kane, Steph books Show versus Rikishi, and then Vince books Triple H versus someone that Stephanie is comfortable with. The Godfather. Which is a hell of a match for a punchline. Sorry about that. Hey, who knows, Steph? You may get lucky tonight and ride the whole train. One. Bit harsh of Vince McMahon calling his daughter a slag on television. It is. Hey, it's uh, a long-ass segment to start us off. But it was all worth it because those crowd reactions were something else. Oh, mate. They're just up they, for everything, aren't they? They were bigger than the national debt. <laughs> Topical. I tell you what, it's, it's something about the dialogue and the language around um, wrestling at the moment that caught me off guard yesterday when I was playing No Mercy on the, the Cultaholic Twitch stream. Because it... it the story drifted. In, I was doing story mode. And at one point, the, I was playing as Bulldog, obviously. And at one point in story mode, he just blurts out, <laughs> I tell you what, he says, he, end quote, I tell you what, you're almost as bad as that slut Stephanie. <laughs> I was like, what caught me off guard? That's in like a video game that I was playing as a kid. Just randomly calling one of the major players in a wrestling company a slut. And it's just casual oh, language know, back then. It was horrible. It's not catchphrase, Rod. Don't say what you see. <laughs> uh, but Vincent Mann has very much interjected himself into WrestleMania. I'm sure nothing will go wrong, sir. I agree, Tom. But never mind all that crap. WWF Rewind is brought to you by WWF Aggression. Yes. <laughs> I gotta come to your rings because I'm so high that even you and R. Kelly believe I can fly. Selling jammies. My favourite song. Did you say selling jammies? That's what it says in the lyrics. Selling jammies. Yeah, you just don't get it, Tom. <laughs> I'm just not cool enough, am I? If it said selling sluts, you'd get it. <laughs> And this is WF Aggression, released March 21st, so 
obviously not out yet, but is now. And this was an interesting idea, having cool rappers show up and rap over basically remixes of the WF themes. And I liked this as a kid. I thought it was the coolest. I still like the Kings and Rebels, formed by Run DMC and Chris Warren of the DX Band. So I have to know, though, Tom, what did you think of it? Now, I quite like the Rocks music on there. There was a song... I can't remember. Was it by? I want to say it was Ice T, but I might be wrong. And it <laughs> yeah, was a the brand. Godfather. It was a whole new song for The Rock. And oh, The Rock got Method Man. Yeah, Method Man. Sorry, my apologies. It was Method Man, and it was a whole new song. It wasn't like this. His lyric is his regular song with song with voice sung over the top. It was a whole new song, and I remember one week they used it as his entrance music on SmackDown. And nobody popped to it at all because nobody recognised it and nobody liked it. And then the following week, it was back to normal. I, I doubt it would have been like a permanent change anyway, but I get the vibe they were just sort of testing the water to see whether fans would go for it. Didn't go for it at all. It didn't suit him at all. But I always remember that one as one of my, as, as low-key one of my favourites. Oh, that's cool. I remember Big Show's... Uh... He had his theme for a while and had the same effect because it has the where's the beach thing at the start. But at least they did it to blatantly sell this. And it wasn't like when they changed Goldberg's theme to the Megadeth's Crush Him. And it was there for weeks. It's like, uh. It didn't suit, did it? It didn't fit. It just did not fit. I Oh, actually, I'll tell you what I remember about this particular one was um, Taz's song by Cypress Hill, Just Another Victim. And in the song, right near the end, there is a vocal sample of Joey Styles. And it blew my mind. Because, like, he works for ECW. Why is he on a WWF CD? Ah. It's there, See, I don't though. know that. I don't know there. that one because that wasn't... Ag- Sorry to be that guy, but that wasn't aggression. Oh, was it not? I, well, I stand corrected. Oh, that was forcible entry it Ugh. was wasn't it well i'm just what gonna take my ball and go home yeah that was 02 so i think they were like ah, are we gonna do sewers yeah <laughs> 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 i've heard that story by the way how Heyman apparently managed to finagle at wwf to buy the rights to ecw so they could do like the ecw dvd and whatever and they went oh that's a great idea but to do that, then that, to pay a lot of the debt that he owed. And they're like, oh, all right, we'll be worth it to make more money off of it. So that's how Heyman got to me to pay for it. So let me get this straight. So WWF said we want to make a, an ECW thing. But in order for us to do it, you have to have all your debt cleared. Right, which is why, to skip ahead a while, during the invasion, it was the Alliance. Because it turns out you can't just go, we've got the rights to ECW. People are like, Oh, you do, do you? Well, can you pay this off? Uh, the Alliance, oh, the Alliance, the Alliance. That explains it. Until they did a lot more with the footage and the brand and the DVD and everything. And be like, ah, oh, whatever. Sure. <laughs> and then the, the debtors just went, oh, I can't be asked. And him was like, hooray. <laughs> anyway, that amazing album sponsors Crash Holly getting bum-rushed by the Mean Street Posse at Newark Airport. <laughs> And he escapes the attack by running over the baggage handling track. Whatever that's called in the airport, you know what I mean. And it's a great visual, and we'll get more of that later on. But for now, Edge and Christian are the number one contenders, and they're cashing out in tonight to take on the Dudley boys for the tag titles. And never mind all that, on Raw, Bubba Powerbomb Mae Young off the Titantron 
She saw the neck brace from the last time they did this to her in an amazing visual. And I couldn't believe this when I saw the photos they published in the WF magazine at the time because it, it looks insane. They the just go woman. for it, don't they? They just throw her through. There's no mercy, pun intended. Yeah. And commentators call the Dudleys every negative word. However, the crowd doesn't care. They love all women getting put through tables. And I'm going to skip the pay-by-play because the thing goes on too often and there's not that much to it's go. It's a good match. So it's a good match. It Compa- is. Compared to some of the, the trites that we have in this particular era, it's a good match. It is. It should be said, the, this is when the work rate is increasing week by week. However, never mind the work rate. Terry Reynolds tries throwing a chair in, but the Dudleys intercept and clock them with it to finish E&C off with a 3D. Uh, thankfully, the Dudleys ignore her afterwards. But the Hardys are sick of her, sticking her schneb in. So they drag her in the ring, where Christian and Edge attempted to deck her. Then they walk her in, think she's not worth it. Then Terry taunts them. When their back is turned, Edge sees it on the Titan Tron directly in front of him and turns around and spears her. It's <laughs> a nice bit. And I'm glad they moved away from Terry being with every tag team like Sonny in 1996. Yeah, they they burned on that angle a little bit. And this is probably, I think this is the last that we see of Terry for a while. This sort of writes her off at least until WrestleMania, but she's doing something different at WrestleMania. Yes, she certainly is. <laughs> and uh, it's like I point out in that segment, we had one match and two women attacked. Hello, PTC. <laughs> yeah, I'm just ringing to let you know you did nothing wrong. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Oh, wait, hold the phone. Uh, the next match is The Godfather with Hose versus Triple H with one hoe. And uh, Godfather says Stephanie can st- definitely ride the hoe train, but it'd be in the caboose. Which starts off the match and while they're And Triple H is furious. Like, how dare she ride in the caboose? Yeah, it, it's one of these things where the more you look at it, the more you go, hey, hang on. And I had to check because uh, according to Wikipedia, a caboose 
is a manned North American railroad car coupled at the <laughs> end of a freight train. Cabooses provide shelter for crew at the end of a train who were formerly required in switching and shunting, keeping a lookout for load shifting, damage to equipment and cargo, and overheating axles. I can see why Triple H should be offended by that. <laughs> she's better than overheating axles. Uh... Basically, she's Annie, she's Annie or Clarabelle. <laughs> <laughs> She's a very that. splendid engine. Uh. I'll brick you up, Godfather. <laughs> You'll never ride again. <laughs> Actually, this is the first time, I do believe, despite them being in roughly the same orbit during the Attitude Era, I think this is the first time ever between Paul Levesque and Charles Wright, one-on-one. I was thinking that. like, Surely the different versions of them... Uh, I thought so. I thought we might have had a Hunterhurst Helmsley versus Karma, uh, but right. nothing that I could find unless it's part of a uh, a multi-man schmoz. I'm sure that if I'm wrong, somebody will tell me. But I feel like this is the first time they've ever gone one-on-one. And you know what? Triple H is very giving with the Godfather. I was going to say, not only has he put over, let's see, Rikishi and Benoit this year on SmackDown, now Triple H puts over the Godfather he sells for him he makes him look like a threat it's not a title match but Triple H is still giving it his everything and has to move out the way of the whole train in the corner and it's like oh he's going to get him oh he's not it's it's again it's always awesome to see someone doing this uh, doing the Bret Hart way of making your opponent look good before you beat them and then Big Show and Shane show up show cracks Triple H's back on the ring post rolls him in and the Godfather pins Triple H holy poop I remember at the time thinking this was a massive deal. Godfather pinning Triple H. It felt like the world had shifted when Godfather pinned Triple H. It was so cool. Yeah, it's all part of the big storyline we're doing here where all the wrestlers hate one another and Vince hates Steph, etc. But it is very cool to see. And never mind that, though. We already have my entry for the thing I forgot in this episode lined up. Because the Acolytes are out next. Uh, they're the APA, but they're Chiron Says Acolytes for some reason. And they have Midian with them, who was wearing an APA rule shirt. <laughs> I, what? What? Was he the secretary? Or, uh, oh. Was he the door? I, I'm not sure what role Midian is qualified in this uh, particular role. And as they head to the ring, head cheese are backstage. Blackman well, playing with a stick. What else do you do when you're alone? Al Snow tries to sell Blackman on the idea of a sci-fi theme for them, and he has an alien that is either a dwarf, one of the Twin Towers perhaps, or a guy on his knees. Uh, Blackman likes it, and Al Snow is very happy, so he leaves, and then Blackman saves the Earth by defeating the aliens. <laughs> I believe. I can't help but feel that Blackman and Snow could have been the Thatcher Riddle of 2000. Absolutely. I think you'll find that Thatcher and Riddle are the head cheese of 2020. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like they, I like the idea of them doing... They could have done more, though. Like I feel like that Thatcher and Riddle did a lot, and now Thatcher's going to do even more. And I'm excited for the Thatcher's Thatch can lessons that begin on NXT tomorrow. Like I'm up for that sort of nonsense. But I just I saw Snow and Blackman, and I just thought, this is Riddle, this is Riddle Thatcher without the weed, is what this is. <laughs> and I love it. And I love it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, head cheese with a very respectable pop from the crowd. Uh, 
Alsnow dives off the top midway through the match to kind of get caught by Midian. So that'll probably why this didn't last very long. Uh, there's some very excitable head cheese fans in attendance and on the hard camera. To the point where Steve has to stop wrestling to address them. <laughs> and I thought that was a nice touch there. Because they're, they're pointing at the, look, look, we have the head cheese. Blackman, we like you. Not ironically. Blackman's like, hello, fans. If you smell what Steve Blackman is cooking in his kitchen, like, oh, God. <laughs> He's not used to having to respond to people. I killed an alien. Uh, it all breaks down <laughs> and gets messy. Very messy in a bad way until Midian distracts Al with head. Then Bradshaw wallops Snow with a clothesline from Heck. And the three-man group, known probably backstage as Undertaker's mates, are victorious. What did you think, Tom? Nice match. Fun little encounter. I enjoyed Blackman interacting with fans. It was adorable. Looked very uncomfortable. He really did. And, and, and he is a treasure at this point. And do you know what? His stock will only go up in months to come. That's right. Speaking of stock going up, it's the boot of the week. <gasps> oh my god, this bit! Decide Can... and conquer. <laughs> Overthrow the government. It's Vincent Mann's return. Free Tibet. <laughs> Get the Russians out of Ukraine. <laughs> Buy shoes. Lugs. Can, can we appre- Viva la revolution. <laughs> can we appreciate the CGI in this little bit? <laughs> Basically, yeah. this this looks like, and I hate to, and I hate to pile on it again. This th- this looks like the five star wrestling video game, but in the <laughs> year two thousand. Oh, this five star wrestling game. With- Sorry, go on. It's this amazing bit of CGI that features the Lugs mascot. I'm assuming his name is Larry Lugs, who is on the Titantron and he slides down a zip wire with his lugs gets into the ring and poses as the fireworks all go off. It's the best entrance you've ever seen on Here Comes the Pain. <laughs> it's brilliant. And I just wanted to give it some love because looking at that, I know that somebody would have toiled on a crap computer to bring that to life. And if you are happen to be, if you happen to be the person that made that listening to this, I want you to know that I love you and I support every endeavour you do. I like that you think his name would be Luke. Larry Lugs or whatever. It's, I, I guarantee it's going to be something like Lugs Cold Lug Austin. <laughs> Lug Kishi. Oof. Lug, Lug Luger. Lug Luger! <laughs> I need a hero. I need some new shoes. Me feet are killing. Lug Ben. Actually, no, not that one. Um, let's go as Lug Luger. <laughs> 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 anyway, lugs, they're for the people. <laughs> like a revolution. Like, like Wu Tang Clan. Uh, this leads us to Big Show versus Rikishi. And for my review of the match, I've just typed ass, ass, ass. <laughs> and the third ass has three S's on the end for some reason. Must have been really enjoyed that third one. That's an uh, extra 50% ass. That's, ooh, for no extra cost. Triple H comes out and quid pro quo. Pedigree's big show enabling the Banzai drop. And then, just just to make him more upset, uh, Rikishi and Tukul dance afterwards for the hard-fought victory. <laughs> it's quite funny. Any thoughts here on this uh, ass match? It's a very basic match between Big Show and Rikishi. Kind of feel like they've wrestled before and there's not much to add to it. Nice to see Rikishi getting a win. And uh, fine. It was fine. 
Good times. Bob Backlund and Kurt Angler backstage. <sighs> Bob Backlund re- refers to an old security guy as young man and then decides to apply the crossface chicken wing on him. It uh, doesn't last very long, but it's perfectly getting over the fact that these are two people, very different ages, but the very same mindset. And they head to the ring as Big Show destroys some boxes. And Kurt Angle gets on the mic and says, New York, I know you're going through some bad times. The economy is plummeting, but don't worry. Kurt Angle can help you the same way he helped Europe. <laughs> you're Cornell champion. Also, Amy Fisher has been let out of jail, so watch out, fellas. No pop for that, probably for good reason. That sounds like a hey, Vince oof. gag. That sounds like a Vince McMahon joke. I'm sure he was making comments back in the day on the... We do the Cultaholic Classic Raw review on uh, on the podcast feed as well, and I'm pretty sure we had Joey Buttafuoco jokes in 1994. <laughs> so I'm not yeah, surprised that we have kind of Joey Buttafuoco jokes in 2000 via A.B. Fisher. Right. The Long Island Lolita. Calm down, Jerry. And there's no pop for that. But he does get a pop for your hockey team sucks. Boo. <laughs> Bob Backlund uses long words because he could pronounce them. I can't relate. And <laughs> if you don't believe me, you should check out me on the podcast every week with Jack and Ross. Uh, I'll just say this. Arkansas. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> the problem I can is spell that, it. thing is, I can let you off that because the mailbag section is is unnecessarily cruel to you all because it's lots of people trying to catch you out to make you say rude things. So you're constantly like on your guard and having to overpronunciate some words to stop yourself falling into traps. So Arkansas, I can let you off with. Sometimes they are. Sometimes, I'll be honest, some of them are badly written. <laughs> That's right. Blame the viewers. That'll <laughs> if, help. if in doubt, blame the one written in crayon. That's, That's right. That'll, that'll, that'll get me on my side. <laughs> and don't Incidentally, let that very, very brave of the WWF to give Bob Backlund a live mic. Just because he has a history of just talking too long in these segments. I think he's played a character. He was great, though. And he was also running for uh, for, for a, a place in, in the American government at this point as well. <laughs> That's so, right, as Meltzer mocked him for. Like, why would you go out if you want to get elected and look like a complete moron on TV? <laughs> the Village Voice on the 14th of this month, so just before uh, this episode of SmackDown went to air, had a brief item about Bob Backlund and his run for the US House of Representatives. Now, according to his January filing with the Federal Election Commission, Backlund had only raised $38,874 for his campaign, more than 90% of the income coming from unitemized donations. The paper noted a campaign violation as Backlund was making mostly cash transactions, never handing out receipts, and only asking for names when it means personalizing photos. So at this point, he's meant to be sort of keeping an eye on who's donating what, and he's just taking money and saying thanks they also noted that backland's business cards state i will increase my ability to read <laughs> i don't understand <laughs> well that's because you haven't donated clearly i once i donate i'll understand and, and increase my ability to read well thank heavens for mr coherent jericho who comes down and tells us all he wants to ram his fist 
up Bob's backside and use him as the howdy doody puppet that he is. Well, I'm glad you're here to save this, Jericho. No, no, it's fine, because Taz is here as well. And Taz Yay. has got a microphone. And it's time for Taz's catchphrase of the week. <laughs> Taz is I've trying actually... a couple out at the moment. He's got a new one every week. I've actually typed it how he said it as well. <laughs> There's two things you can do tonight, and that's nothing and like it. Woo, easy dub, easy dub. <laughs> Wasn't that a, an Alex Shane catchphrase that he stole? It, it, it's old. It's I remember when um, Norm Donald went on Conan O'Brien one time and then he did a really old joke. And uh, Conan's sidekick, uh, I can't remember the name of him right now, said, yeah, someone said you're a mature comedian. I didn't realise that meant you were reading out my granddad's jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so Taz is definitely a mature wrestler here. And the match is Angle and Bob versus Taz and Jericho. And I know if I'd seen this episode as a kid, I'd have been genuinely excited because I wanted Taz to win every match I saw him on because I loved him that much. And after some suplexes and that, Jericho tries to apply the walls, but Benoit continues to destroy child's dreams by ruining in and ending it via DQ. I think I've actually done a good typo there, ruining in. I mean, yeah, he I was ran in say, and he ruined. I didn't even mean to do that. I just read it how I typed it. You're basically, I, you're a master of the English language where you've just gone, I'm going to cut out so much nonsense in this sentence. I'm just going to merge two ideas together to give you the same yeah. impression. You're brilliant. Yeah. And that was sent in via a fan from <laughs> somewhere deep America. Arkansas, was it? Be quiet. Uh, China tries to stop Benoit, but Eddie kicks her. And uh, that's the end of that. Any thoughts on the amazing intro or outro to that? Um, I'd like to think that Taz has catchphrases written for him on pieces of paper to try every week. And there'll be a week where one day he'll get it mixed up with like a note from his wife. So he'll come out and go, Hey, Angle! It's like we say in Red Hook! Pick up! Some milk on your way home. Oh. <laughs> I'd like that. I'm the Taj man. Oh. <laughs> the Taj man. Hey, I was in ECW. Now I'm over here now. Oh. <laughs> I'm walking here. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Taz. I couldn't see you over the hood of my car. <laughs> I don't think Taz is real. I think, I, think we, I think we've imagined Taz. It's a it's a group hallucination. My car was just parked in Harvard Yard. <laughs> <laughs> it still just sounds bad, Geordie. I know. I, know. <laughs> I reach. I'm oh. Two things you can do about it. I don't know what that was. Now no. and bugger all. No, hang on. <laughs> Out and no. Out and out. There's two things you can do. Out and out. You know, that can actually work. Like, not ironically. Yeah, I wanted to... Okay, uh, HT Drake, if you're listening, your new catchphrase is, there's two things you can do. Out and out. <laughs> Honest to God, Drake. Uh... Howard, mate, Howard. Right? I know we've had our differences in main event wrestling. I know we've had our differences. I know you gave me a co-breaker that time. I know we've had our differences. But please adopt that catchphrase. There's two things you can do out and out. <laughs> Get it before Taz gets it. 
<laughs> he's burning through loads at the moment. Well, could feel really bad when next week he's saying this. <laughs> I'm not. The man's going to be making a ton of money. <laughs> anyway, fun, fun, anyway. short nonsense match. Backland still going in the year 2000. That's wild. It is fun and short, and that's just Taz. <laughs> Backstage, Coachman tries talking about Crash Holly. But Kane chokes him and asks, where's X-Pac? Eh. Uh, silly Kane choking people, then asking for directions. No one really can't find X-Pac. And we go to Funhouse USA. Yes, it's this. The headbangers and referees show up to Funhouse USA. And God, it looks like a lot of fun in the house. Uh, they're at the same level as Mean Street Posse, so you know what's coming next. They go looking for Crash Holly, and hilariously they find him. Crash Holly is in the arcade section, and he has his title over his normal gear. He's just walking around like that's completely normal. Uh, Crash escapes, slides down the slide, as does the cameraman, which I had to take a step to appreciate how hard that must have been for that cameraman. And he immediately takes a bin to the head. That's a Crash Holly, not the cameraman. <laughs> Crash then runs into the soft play area, and the headbangers are very clever, and they make sure Earl can fit into the wacky warehouse before they try and corner Crash. They do try and get him, However, Crash Holly is used to these, so he delivers a clothesline in the ball pit and then gets whatever it is, the, the ball on a rope, uses that to deliver a Frankensteiner and then skedaddles. 10 out of 10 would crash again. What do you think of this, Tom? Cinematic wrestling in 2000, doesn't it? <laughs> this is what we were doing. This, is, this works perfectly. Um... I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, fun fact, Fun Time USA, where this is filmed, right, uh, was destroyed by Hurricane Katrina. And there are still very slow plans to rebuild it. They talked about it for a, for a year or so. Then when they started rebuilding it, the coronavirus happened. So it's back on hold. Uh, but it should be back open in, the, in say, 2029. When, when Edge has recovered from his triceps, we should have a Fun Time USA again. <laughs> Sounds like there's no fun. Uh, for, uh, <laughs> hey! Damien Dunn getting a shout on the podcast. He's not even a Geordie. He's Jeez. not even a Dunn. Is he not? No, it blew my mind that did. I genuinely oh, thought God. they were brothers. All right, Tom, edit that out. I don't want to hear it. No. I'm Especially not on the replay. I'm leaving it in, mate. I'm leaving it in. We'll, we'll cut out like the piss section on SmackDown. I... <laughs> You're there going, what's the piss section? You'll never know. It hit the cutting room floor. Um, No, leaving that in. The world needs to know. They're not really brothers. That's right. And you know what we are leaving in? The video package on Mae Young. (laughs) Mm. Basically a Creed Desire video for the life and times of Mae Young. (laughs) But without Creed. I was going to say without Creed all, all the time. It's fair, because I fast-forwarded. Kane is still looking for X-Pac, and he finds him in the back bit of the arena. He somehow ends up getting locked in a semi. I hate it when that happens. After Triple H hits him with a 2 by 4 he's going after X-Pac in the back of a van. They shut the door on him, lock it, and go, well, that was easy. Uh, Vince says to Lillian, if Kane can't make it for the Rock match, then X-Pac should wrestle Rock tonight instead. And I think we're just going to leave Kane there to starve to death. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there doesn't seem to be a massive amount of concern that a man is locked inside a car. Nah. It's only Kane. <laughs> it's only Kane. He survived worse. The man was burnt, remember? 
Yeah, it's his whole MO. He can just make a fire. He can burn the van to death. He'll, he'll be back on Monday going, I want a match with X-Pac. <laughs> yeah, okay, mate, of course you do. I drove to Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> I drove all night to get X-Pac. On a steel dude? van, I drove. <laughs> I'm a cowboy. <laughs> Grandmaster Sexy is here with much less pop than usual because it's his second time out today. And Dean Malenko was here defending the light heavyweight championship, which he won from S.A. Rios on Raw, which is for the best as he already has a prop. I, f- I find it... F- oh, that's mean. I find it funny how diminishing crowd pops are when people come out more than once, with the exception of The Rock. You could walk out 12 times in a night and the pop only gets louder. Mm. That's what, that's what makes you sad about, like, tourna- about, about tournaments and such like that. In the sense that, for whatever reason, the crowd just don't react when somebody comes out twice. Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30 is a good example. Massive pop for his opening match with Triple H. When it comes to the main event, they're like a bit quieter. I'm like, what are you doing? Still the same guy. Where's all the love? Right. Well, that was, me. you know, 13 hours later between those two matches. I mean, there is that, to be fair. Yeah. And in this match... Uh, some stuff happens. It's very fine action from these two. It's not a bad match. Not a bad match, but the crowd are really hot for it, or at least the heat oh, machine yes. is set to hot for it. Yeah. And again, uh, Demon Lang, obviously, everyone knows how good he is, but Grandmaster Sexy, very underrated, in my opinion, as uh, what he could do in the ring. Uh, Dino mocks the worm. The crowd doesn't like that. Scotty is so riled up at ringside, he tries to interfere, but this is exactly what they want. And Eddie uses this time to crotch sexy. As Lola clarifies that Eddie Guerrero's elbow is currently one of those uh, recurring injuries. You know, the pain travels. Uh, sexy gets crotched. Malenko retains. But then two cool run in. And they're so mad. They hit him with their fearsome double team maneuver. The flapjack. <laughs> Let's see what that one didn't take off exactly. And yeah, we're still Eddie working on a move for, uh, for two cool, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, when the singles finisher is more deadly than the double team, you know. Uh, Eddie skedaddles, but runs into China. And China decks him, and then hangs out with Tuchel afterwards, as China has now found yet another popular act to latch onto. Well done, well done, China. I hope it will be a good WrestleMania payoff for you. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, Mm. as we get there. I enjoyed this. It was a good match. It wasn't terrible. I think that Malenko and Scotty have more chemistry, as we will discover. Or as we, yeah, as we will discover. But um, I thought it was good. As you say, uh, Grandmaster Sexy, one of those guys, very underrated as a, as a singles worker. And in the light heavyweight division, worked really well. Absolutely. Good times there. Mm. And this leads into a match that feels almost like they're shoving it in for time purposes. Yeah, this uh, seems very hastily thrown together. It wasn't yeah. announced until like halfway through the, the last match. And then all of a sudden, it's upon us. Yeah, uh, Chris Benoit and Perry Sutton versus the Hardy Boys. Because why not? Jeff gets yeeted out the ring almost immediately, and he takes it as only Jeff Hardy 2000 would. All impact. And some very fine wrestling here, but I always think like the play-by-play takes up too much time here. But it's very good, especially Matt Hardy, getting a sweet sunset flip reversal on Benoit that looks very slick. I'll just say this. That's a bit ruder there, but I think I'll go with the PG version instead. Some good stuff here. And Jeff nails the swanton. Benoit drags Jeff off, hair and all. It's like, come here, you. They brawl outside. 
Perry Sutton decides the best thing to do is to dive on to absolutely everybody, and it's a double count out with no number one contender. Boo. But still, some fine action here. What do you think, Tom? Again, just a, a very thrown-together match, but fine. Did all right. Benoit and Sutton as a team were fine. No need for this to be a match, really. We just sort of... We roll on. We roll on. Benoit has bigger fish to fry at this point, and, and those fish will be fished, come out of the water in the next week or so. <laughs> you beautifully put. Uh, backstage, X-Pac is mad at Triple H as he has a shot at The Rock instead of Kane. And he says he always ends up in these positions thanks to him. And Triple H's like, ah, whatever, you know. <laughs> that was exactly it, word for word, what he said. Ah, be read, man, be read. Uh, calm, calm down, man, calm down. How weird, body lass. He turns to x Park and just screams, how weird, body lass. This is shock and fond. <laughs> yeah. Tonight, The Rock is on Matt Lauer. But right now, he's got x Park. With six minutes of TV time remaining. <laughs> this isn't going to be Capital Carnage 98 in the UK. They're going to have to get this done pretty sharp. Yeah. They go in the crowd knowing full well they won't be able to do this in the year 2020. And it all breaks down with Big Show and Triple H coming out to help X-Pac get some sweet two counts on The Rock. But after another two count, here's some pyro. And Kane's here. He's out the truck and ready to... F <laughs> uh, the Rock crawls... <laughs> I'm out the truck and I'm ready to... That's got to be Kane! <laughs> Rock brawls with Triple H and Big Show and Rock attacks Big Show but then doesn't know if he's supposed to leave or not. Uh, so he awkwardly looks. So Big Show and Triple H go at it as Rock is like, all right, sodgers then. And then we end the episode with Vince McMahon watching a TV that's blatantly not on and they've had the footage shoved on top afterwards in post to end the episode. Go back and look at that. It only lasts a few seconds, but it's blatantly not on TV what they're showing. Why would they do that? Is it just is it just to remind us all that Vince McMahon is alive and he is part of the WrestleMania main event? Yeah, I think they needed footage of Vince looking at something. Like in case he dies or something. <laughs> uh, just to have it as like some B-roll. <laughs> What a strange... What do you think of that, then? It's like the Andy Griffith show from 1953 or something. Last show you watched. Ah. Well, Vin, so we get Vince a genuine is, reaction out of him. Vince is probably looking at a very early version of the Ticketmaster website because at this point in time, tickets for WrestleMania are going from $100 in the nosebleeds to $1,000 for the first four rows. And they are having, according to Meltzer, no trouble getting people to pay those prices. So Mania's going to be a sellout. And we haven't even got the card fleshed out yet. And Mania's going to be sold out. Yep. This is exciting. Yes. Uh, that was <laughs> the end of the episode. <laughs> is that the last bit of the episode, is it? Yeah, it genuinely was. The show goes here with its wang. Oh, there we go. So what do you, um, what do you remember from this episode, Math? Oh, without a doubt... The Crash Holly in Funhouse USA. That was still a gets talked about, moment. still gets remembered. Lovely. I remember watching The Godfather beating Triple H. That was stunning. Yeah. 
Absolutely brilliant. It just felt like a change of the tide. Like Godfather was about to come. In my stupid head, it felt like the Godfather was about to become a main eventer. I was really excited for it. What, ah. did, what did you forget from this year? From this week, even? Midian, proud member of the APA. <laughs> Suited him, didn't it? Being in the APA. No. <laughs> Not even in a joke way. <laughs> I forgot um, the the short run Backland versus Taz feud. That slipped my mind. That was the thing. That, what a thing of beauty that was. I know Taz was one of your top boys at this point, but it was lovely to see uh, that, that feud, which I'd completely forgotten about. I don't think it's much longer we get it either, is it? Backland's only like a fleeting appearance. Yeah, he's here till WrestleMania 2000 at least. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll enjoy him while he's here. Enjoy him while he is here, because he won't be here uh, for... (laughs) Bless you. I'll just sneeze, I'm sorry. And we hope you've enjoyed us while we have been here. Before we let you go, I want to just throw this out there. Um, So, coming up very soon is the British Podcast Awards, uh, sponsored by Acast and BBC Sounds. And the Listener's Choice Awards is for the taking. And I think that Cultaholic could do with that award on their mantelpiece so i'm asking you if you have time and if you feel like the service that we provide here at cultaholic in particular the podcast feed is worthy of an award i'm asking you to go to britishpodcastawards.com forward slash vote from there you can search cultaholic and you can vote for us there it would be it would mean a lot to us if you do it doesn't matter if you don't you know there's bigger things going on in the world right now but it would mean a lot if you would head over to britishpodcastawards.com forward slash vote and when prompted search cultaholic we are there thank you very much from your friends at cultaholic matthew is there any awards that you want to be nominated for that we can we can plug no <laughs> i'm like a groucho Marx. i wouldn't accept any award that would want to give me anything positive <laughs> okay We'll give you the nice. That's a joke. That's a joke. Give no. me all the awards. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, he is the award-winning at Matthew Gregg. I am at the non-award-winning at Tom Campbell. Together, we are at the possibly award-winning Cultaholic. We will see you next time. Don't forget to join us. Beat me if you can. Pick up milk if I let you. <laughs> Love you. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 